Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> of the Improve Your Life Golf Show. My name's uh, Jason Puckett. Uh, we'll just keep it simple. Call me Puck. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, JasonPuckett20. I really momentarily almost forgot my Twitter handle right there. <laughs> uh, joining me every week is a uh, top 100 golf instructor from Golf Magazine, Brian Mogg. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Mogg Academy. And I would encourage you to do so uh, because this guy puts up uh, video links I mean, multiple video links every single day, and they're like 60-second clips. I shouldn't say every day. Multiple clips every week. And uh, they're simple, easy videos to follow to help your golf game. And then we've got the just the the everyday man, the gambling side of things. He's back with us. He's, he's been off a, a few shows because he's been remodeling a house. Now he's pulled over on the side of the road, I believe, near Vantage. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the go-to guy, Jim Moore. Follow him on Twitter at Cougs Go. Where are you going? I'm going to the Tri-Cities. There's an American Legion State Tournament that my kids are playing in. They got a game tonight at 7 o'clock. And um, it's so great to be on this side of the mountains looking out at the Columbia River. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's just beautiful. I just uh, I love Vantage. I love that whole area. It's probably windy and uh, as hell. Why has it never gotten bigger? I mean, Vantage should be I don't a know. tourist spot. I don't know. It's a great. I don't know. I've always wondered that. I have no idea why that area it doesn't have houses, doesn't have a golf course. I don't know, like government land or something. I got, I got no idea, no clue. It should be. You're right. It should be nice. It should be a good spot. Um, what? Well, hey, where do you guys? Where do you guys want to start? I, I was thinking about it on on this week's show. I mean, we're going to cover with Brian's uh, tips. He's got a bunch of uh, good tips out there. There's especially one with the irons and in the in the, the the forward shaft lean that that I like and I want to get to. I do want to start with this, and, and Brian, I'll start first with you. You know, the, the PGA Tour did something really cool with their schedule and starting in March, that every month you had something to look forward to, right? March was the, the players, uh, April, Masters, uh, May, the PGA, of course, June, U.S. Open, then, of course, July, uh, the Open Championship. We get to August, and it's like, yeah. I, and I know they want to hump, they want to pump up the Tour Championship, but I don't know. It just doesn't carry the same momentum for me. It just kind of feels like in, in how I feel, Brian, that after the open, it's kind of like the season's over now. Well, on the inside, it doesn't feel that way only because I have players out there grinding to get into the FedEx cup, grinding to get their, you know, standing to move on up at the, the ladder. So um, you've still got a world event next week. You've got the Olympics this week. I mean, those are two really big events. I mean, have a chance to win a gold medal. How cool is that? I mean, that's something that used to be reserved for the Carl Lewis's and you right. know, like the, the amateur runners. Now golf gets to participate in that. So the Olympics, that's pretty cool. Um, world event next week, you've got Greensboro the week after, and then goes right into the FedEx playoffs. They don't want to conflict with football. So they've moved everything up a little sooner, but 
like for the diehard golf fan, you're still paying attention to what's going on. Maybe not quite the drama, like you said, of kind of a major every month, but still FedEx is not a bad way to do it. And there's certainly a lot of money on the line and you certainly see the guys come, come out at the end of the year because they want to win it because there is so much money and prestige and things on the line for how they finish up on the, on the points list. Jim, do do you, you feel there's any letdown at all? Well, yeah, after the British Open, certainly. I mean, you come back and you get the 3M Open. Um, and you have a beautiful course there in Blaine, Minnesota. But, I don't know, you get the Barbasol Championships. You get those kind of events that uh, that aren't really all that appealing to, to most golf fans. But you have to have a downtime at some point, don't you? I still am not quite up to speed. I know that there's a wraparound schedule for the PGA Tour. And, and I like it. I mean, there's golf every week. But... Uh, I mean, most professional sports have a downtime, and, and I guess for golf, this is it. Yeah, it just kind of feels like you get through the open, and I, I don't, I don't. The money is so good, Brian, in the Tour Championship, and you're right. I mean, these guys. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, uh, and you probably know this better than we do. I, I bet you, if you pulled them, I, I mean, I know winning a major is pretty awesome, but <laughs> to win the Tour Championship, it's ten million dollars. Uh, I, if you gave them truth serum. I don't think there's one professional golf, golfer out there that would choose a major over winning the FedEx Cup. I mean, it's 10 million bucks. I might not go quite that far just because the contracts the guys get when they do win majors, they make up for that with some endorsement type situational stuff. So I think you can kind of replace that at least when it's all said and done. Um, I think the major carries career weight, even if the FedEx stuff is kind mm. of where the dollar's at. You've also got that Premier League coming around. We talked about that maybe a month ago with kind of an outside source bringing in some stupid guaranteed money. And that's, that's what like the FedEx event, if you get, to, if you get to the tour championship, you're guaranteed. I don't know what it is. Something like a hundred grand, just if you finish last. So right. There's a lot, a lot of money going around, you know, 10 million is obviously a serious amount of money, but you're going to make a lot of money. If you just get to Atlanta and so many of the contracts are written these days, if you get there, I mean, your bonuses and whoever all your sponsors are, you get some serious money additionally that way. So, I don't know. After a while, the money is so good right now. These guys are making so much that I almost feel like there's a little bit of immunity to it because you are chasing legacy and history. And it's, it's cool to hear a guy like Tiger and Rory talking about where they want their legacy to be, not talking about how much money they're trying to make. Well, who do you guys, who do you guys think as of now? I mean, th- things can certainly change, you know, once we get uh, you know, through the, the rest of the season of the tour championship, whatever happens there, Jim, who do you, who do you think right now, who would you cast a vote for for player of the year? Year, yeah. Oh man, um, I know it's kind of a wild card. You, you have to think back to the entire I'd season. Go, I, well, I'd probably go with John Rahm. He's yeah. number one in the world now. And uh, you know, if it weren't for the the COVID, now he's he's got COVID again, so he's out of the Olympics. Uh, he would have won the Memorial. He led by six shots. Uh, number one in the world. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go with John Rahm. Yeah. I'm, I'm forgetting, you know, some guys that have probably won two or three events, but John Rahm would be my vote. I mean, Mickelson, you maybe could give him a sentimental sure. vote, couldn't you? I mean, nobody's ever done what he's done at the age of 50 or 51 or whatever he was to win the PGA Championship. No, absolutely. I mean, I think those are two, the but, two but great ones. But player of the year, you, you kind of want some consistency over the course of the year, too. Yeah. Brian, what do you think? Do you have something that pops up I, right I, away? I, my first thought was Rom. I think you've got a lot of guys that have won two or three tournaments in the calendar year, Rom and Dustin, uh, Morikawa, but I think mm-hmm. when it's all said and done, a major, you got to go with the guy who's won a couple of times and a major. And yeah. Rom won the biggie and the way he did it so dramatic fashion. I mean, birding the last two holes, um, almost never been done in the history of the sport like that. So 
I'm going to err right now on John Rom, but I mean, that's kind of one thing that is good about the FedEx. It does let the season play out and kind of let the people who've had elite years manifest itself at the very end of the season and see who truly is the best at the end. But I think, I think probably all the unanimous agreement, Rom's probably had the year we would all like to have if we were on tour. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the wins, you know, had he, I will give you an, another guy and had he won any of these tournaments that he was so close to winning, I think he would be the slam dunk winner. And Jimmy, it's your guy. He's, yep. he's been the most consistent golfer all year. Really? When you go back yep. and look at it, he has yep. been the most consistent guy all year long as little Louie. He just hasn't won. Last week included. You got to unmute mute yourself. You've muted yourself, sir. <laughs> he doesn't even understand when he, Jim, you've muted. <laughs> go, Brian, go ahead. I'll send well, him a text. But, he doesn't yeah, even know. He played well last week, too, in Minneapolis. Yeah. I mean, he just he keeps yeah. this thing going. It's just, it's, and it's shocking because he's a guy that has won a major. He has won worldwide events. It'd be different. He was a guy that had never won at all, yeah. but Louis won big world events. So, yeah. Hopefully, he'll get his breakthrough. Maybe he'll be the guy that wins a FedEx Cup. Yeah. I mean, I, I would hope so. Have you unmuted yourself yet? <laughs> i don't know what he's doing he has <laughs> you have muted yourself well, I'm, try, I'm trying to be am i am i muted now no, no. you're on now I, i'm trying to be a good teammate because there's semis going by here on highway 26 it's okay. and yeah no i you guys know i mean i, I love louie i don't know why i love him as much as i do because he's cost me so much damn money but he's always in the hunt he's always up there i mean no shock yeah. that he finished second the 3m open and then they show his wife, you know, playing with her kids. And she looked happy as could be. And I was telling my buddy, I go, yeah, she's probably happy because she's thinking, you know what? Daddy just won another half million here in Minnesota. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, of course. It's exactly. Yeah, of course. That's what she's thinking. It's great. I mean, that's the thing. You go back to just the money. And, and, and you know, Brian, to your point, I agree with you. I mean, they're, the cachet of winning a major certainly cannot be overstated. I mean, obviously, your, your legacy, your, your spot in the sport. But, it, you know, for a lot of guys, it, I mean, it's a job. I mean, you are playing. I don't need to explain this to you. You you live through this. You're playing for, you know, a paycheck to, you know, food on the table, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so being consistent, winning $10 million at the FedEx Cup, I mean, that sets you up for life if you win that thing. So, um, but he has been consistently, he, he has been great. I, hey, I know we've discussed this before, but, you know, like Jim, like myself, you know, I even asked you this week, you know, what your stock iron shots are. We, we all are so desirous of more yardage, Brian. And every time I watch Louie hit the ball, it's just like, I don't know, he doesn't swing hard. He doesn't look like he gives maximum effort. Looks like it's like a 70% swing. He's not big. Doesn't look like he's ever lifted a weight in his life. And I know we brought it up before, but just – why is he able, the way that he looks, not really swinging all that hard or fast, able to play with these guys and, and keep up distance-wise? Well, a bunch of reasons. I mean, rhythm is kind of the glue to your golf swing. And if you've got great rhythm, and he's probably the prime example of a guy into it, just exquisite rhythm, you've got time to fix tiny flaws your swing without doing anything. You just, your rhythm makes up for a lot of those things. I think the specific answer to your question is, I mean, it's like a boxer. I mean, I mean, I can make a big old windup and not hit my hand as hard. But if I get the if I get the smack right, which Louie does, you get the acceleration point right. It's really good. I mean, he's just got an amazing golf swing with super acceleration. 
So you hit the ball dead flush solid and you hit the ball at the right acceleration. It's going to go a long way. And he's, he's probably not in the upper five to 10% on the PGA tour, but he's plenty long up. It's not a reason he hasn't won. It's nothing new with his length. Right. It's um, go ahead, Jim. Got himself muted again. <laughs> you're, you're muted. You're muted. If you're trying to copy somebody's swing on tour, <laughs> you know what? I can laugh at myself. Yeah, it's okay. Hell? We're laughing at you. <laughs> I just pulled off the road and I'm kind of discombobulated here. That's it. It's all good. All right. And I had such a good question, too. But I, I can't remember what it was. No, actually, I can't remember. Brian, whose swing should we copy on tour? Is it Louie? Is it McElroy? Or, or who would be the best one? Well, I think there's different things you want to copy. I mean, it, it just generically, you can throw out a whole bunch of different names out there. But, you know, I think you want to try and copy someone who's built like you. And that's one of the challenges that, you <laughs> know, if you're, tall and, I mean, if you're tall like Dustin Johnson, follow and copy him. If you want to, you know, Louie's not quite as big. What's Louie? Probably 5'10". That'd be a great person to copy. I've always said Adam Scott's the one swing that you kind of want to take a look at and go, I want to be like Adam. Adam, just perfect setup perfect turn clubs always on plane i got to watch him do a practice round he was about 20 at the u.s open and that's just that's been my gold standard for just what a good golf swing and all the correct fundamentals would look like you know what you bring up a good point jim because um a buddy of mine at work uh, uh curtis crabtree who's a who's a fine golfer himself we, we were just talking about this the other day and you know, I think of Jim Furyk when we have these conversations. We were getting into like your swing and position of the ball, and you know where you set your wrists and all this kind of stuff. And you know, Curtis said, "You know what? I mean, this is what I do, and this is where I put place the ball, and this is where I set my hands. But you know, it's whatever works for you. It's like you know, whatever gets the ball the farthest and the straightest and into the hole as fast as possible. And and it's so true because you see so many unique swings in golf." And uh, we were talking about Bubba Watson. He's got a very unique swing, but it works for him. Obviously, Phil's swing works for him, and and Bryson's swing works for him, and Furyk and all, and Matt Wolf. Um, and, and I wonder though, when when you teach Brian, and you have somebody that has a unique swing or doesn't look like Adam Scott, and it's hard to look like Adam Scott. Not many of us don't have the athleticism and the turn of Adam Scott. The at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's probably the number one thing is just making sure that the club face at the point of impact is square, and however you get there is how you get there. Well, well said. I wish you know, I wish more people in the golf industry realized that because one of the ways you should teach is off what the golf ball is doing, and you don't. I mean, one of the things I try and never ever do is I don't try and teach a method. I wouldn't tell you something and Jim the same thing. You try and find something that's unique for what you need, unique for what Jim needs. And then you work off what the golf ball's doing. If the golf ball's got some big slice going on, well, the club face is open. You're probably wiping across it. Let's try and fix that. And, you know, we can talk about what, you know, golf digest covers look good with Adam Scott having the beautiful positions. But like you said, it's maybe not quite realistic. You really do want to work off what the golf ball's doing and then work to get it to where it goes straighter or more solid or farther, or, you know, whatever you're trying to get done. But, well, you don't ever want to get kind of a methodology trying everybody have the same thing going on because we're all different people we're all built differently with all different mobility patterns there's all kinds of stuff you just got to be careful from a teaching standpoint not to tell everybody the same thing yeah who do you like to watch jim like if is there a golfer you like to watch (laughs) mute sorry i'm really sorry i'm really trying i know Uh, you are it's a for effort 
the trucks are motoring by. Well, I, I've loved watching Fred Couples for years. I mean, yeah. we talk about Louis Oosthuizen and I mean, Couples, I don't, Brian, I don't get how he generates so much power too, but he's always been one of the longer hitters and he's still doing it in his sixties, but it's just, you know, so much fun to watch. And then I mentioned McElroy. I love watching his swing too. And it's so funny because you sit there when you're on the range, unless you take, take your phone, you're taking videos of yourself. You think you look a certain way, but you, you really don't. I've been working on actually one of Brian's tips. I took Brian, I, I took a, a Dasani water and I was doing that tip where you're right. talking about getting it back and throwing the water. And I, you know, I noticed that when I come up higher, you know, I, I, I get that. That was a good visual to try and get me back there. And especially as I've gotten older, I think, you know, subconsciously, I, I don't make as big a turn as I think I'm making. Well, did you pour the water on yourself or did you get it correctly poured behind you? No, I got it behind me. Yeah, All right, I good. did, but I, but I was really exaggerating what I was doing to make sure that that would happen. He later just poured the water on himself just because he was hot. You know, I mean, hot for several reasons. I, well, Puck, I know you would never do that with a beer, though. I mean, the water oh, God, no. What are yeah. we, what are we, are we heathens? What are we doing here? Waste a good beer? I love uh, watching. If, if you were throwing away a beer and, and you got in perfect position, it'd be worth it, though, wouldn't it? No. How much beer are we talking about? No, no, no. I love, I love watching Ernie L swing. I, I just could sit there and watch that guy hit ball after ball after ball. There's just, I mean, the reason they call him the big easy. And then I, it, it, we got on this discussion because I was watching the, the LPGA last week uh, on, on Sunday, the, on the Evian, the, 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 their fifth major. And just watching these women hit the ball. I swear to God, it looks like, you know, you always hear this, um, from guys on tour, you know, or, or wedge shots or nine irons, or they, they swing at 70% or whatever it is. They don't, they don't swing all that hard. And then you watch these women hit and it looks like a practice swing. And yet they just turn on the ball and it's going, you know, driver is going 270, probably further than that. And they are just flushing every shot. And I'm just, I, I, I need to stop watching. And I, and I watch them hit. And I watch them play, but I need to watch them hit more because they just have the most perfect rhythm ever. I mean, there's some, you know, uh, women on the tour that will swing really hard like the men, but I mean, the majority of them, Brian, they just have that nice, easy tempo to them. When, when you have coached women and, and men and at the professional level, have you just noticed that? Is there just something inherently different at all? Yeah. A few years ago, I had seven girls on the LPJ I was coaching and, and, five of the seven were like top 30 names. They were some of the big ones and hundred percent. You're spot on that women generally stereotype was more rhythm, more fluidity, more smoothness, you know, aesthetically more pleasing. But uh, one of my girls that year, she finished fourth at the U S open and a year later she, she quit the tour. And the point being is in the last few years, the girls game has just taken on such a different text in the context that, it's becoming more of a power game for the girls. You're not seeing the girls like the girl I'm referencing. I mean, she hit 13 out of 14 fairways every day. She'd shoot 70 or 71, just having this crazy down the middle on the green, every whole stuff. But she hit it 225, 230, and the game kind of passed her by. So you're seeing a lot more younger LPJ players, like I can't say her last name, but Patty, who's from UCLA in Thailand, she dominated in the Bisco here earlier in the spring. She's up there hitting it close to 300 yards. And that's what the wow. girls' game. Coming so much more a power game as well as the men's game. 
it's still a little more aesthetically pleasing just because they do have great rhythm. But boy, you're really seeing crazy jumps at the LPGA level and how far the girls are hitting the ball. I mean, you're getting modestly close to what the guys are hitting. Jim, do you bet on the LPGA? Uh, if my website allowed it, I would. Uh, they, don't, <laughs> they don't have an odds on that. I just get the European tour and then whatever the PGA tour stop <sighs> is. I got to find a new website because I want yeah. I want some corn fairy action and, yeah. and the LPGA. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, they don't have seniors either. They don't have the oh. champions tour. Speaking of speaking of uh, the champions tour, Brian, you're you're playing in the in the Boeing, right? I am playing here in about three weeks or so. Ooh, how's the game? How if we could bet on you, what would the odds be? <laughs> I don't know. I'll let Jim take that one right there. But uh, I don't know. I had I had a good round at Furcrest yesterday. I okay. played a few times there in the last week. Didn't play good one other day last week. We played real good yesterday. So I've been doing getting in shape, playing a little more. Uh, I did go up to Snoqualmie over the weekend and get out and play, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Very excited to get the opportunity to play. What uh, do you need a caddy? I mean, I, Jim and I will caddy for you. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> he can carry a bag. I'm sitting out in the middle of nowhere doing nothing. I can help you out, Brian. What does All the right, Champions got- Tour let you bring the dog on the course? <laughs> The, we know. You can bring the chair. The chair's good. <laughs> the chair. Okay. <laughs> who who is going to carry your bag? Do you, 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 relative? Um, you? you know, the, the last couple of years, my nephew Brian has okay. cat for me, and I anticipation is he'll do it again. He's still okay. got some stuff with his schedule. He's got Canadian tour status, but uh, I'd love to have him in the bag. He's awesome. Good. Good. Well, that'll be fun. You. How many times have you played in the event? Three other times. Okay. All right. What would be your target score for three rounds there going in? Mm, I'd have to give you that closer to the tournament. Just I played there Sunday afternoon and couldn't believe how much firmer the greens were at Snoqualmie than, say, a few other courses I've played in the Seattle Tacoma area lately. I mean, I hit some really good iron shots, and they really went from the front of the green to the back of the green. They just were that firm. So I kind of have to wait and see what it is closer to the tournament because typically they're a little softer. You can usually throw shots right at it, but – if I want to win, you're going to probably have to be in the 12 to 18 under range to win. What's the, uh, what, what? Can promise, sorry, Jason, can, yeah. can you promise Buck and I something? Sure. You have to go for the green every time at 14. Yes. That I will not promise. Oh, oh come, on. come on. What are we doing here? <laughs> go big or go home. Well, I'll give you a good story. My first year I went for it two of the three times. And did not, I didn't make a, I didn't make a over par, but I didn't make any birdies either. Cause if you hit it in the right green side bunker down below there, you got no chance to get it up and down. And that's really the, the smart place to go. Uh, the other two times the tour never moved the tee up. Um, like they did the first year I played to where like the one year I went out with a three wood kind of, they kind of made you go for it. Now the other two years when they have not gone for it, I've made four birdies. So yeah, come on. It's, yeah, it's how, 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 how much fun is that though? <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, for have no, no, there's, there's nothing like standing on that tee with your heart pounding and your mouth dry <laughs> yeah. and you're sitting there wondering where you are in the tournament and whether you should or shouldn't do it. And you have fans that when you pull out and don't go at the green, they kind of go, Oh, that's what I mean. You know, what's going to be the worst thing that's going to happen. He's going to be in contention on Sunday and he's going to get up there on 14 and, and he's going to think to himself, 
Uh-oh. If I, don't, if I don't go for it, it's like Puck and Jim are going to be mad at me, and then he's going to try and go for it, and he's going to get like a bogey, and he's going to lose the tournament. And I, then we're going to feel bad. We're going to feel awful, and we're going to have to buy Brian dinner. Are you ready for that, Jim? Yeah, I'm ready for that, but um, do, you, do you get nervous in this event, Brian, more so than you, you normally would? I mean, not, not really nervous. I mean, you know things you got to be careful of in a home term are not trying too hard because you want to show your friends and family everybody come out to watch you do so you know first year I played in it there was a little bit of that hopefully I'm past that point I just I want to play well to play well but um two two tournaments ago I got paired with Monty and, and Maggard in the final round nice and that was a that was a cool pairing it really turned out to be kind of a fun day and you know you're playing with guys of that caliber you want your a game there to match up with theirs and see how you stack with them and play with them and that was that was good motivation the last round. Who would you who would you like to play with on the opening round? If they if they said if they went to you and said, "All right, Brian, you can play with." Oh, I already I can already promise you I will be in the last group on Friday. That's okay. the way the rankings and whatnot come in. As 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 a person that's not on the tour getting an exemption, you you get the you know two o'clock is tea time on Friday, and then after that they pair by score. So I will have other guys that are kind of from say the Q school or sure possibly even a little lower down than that I'm, but it, but if you could choose if they went to you and said all right brian who do you want to play with if you well, could choose love, who would you like yeah, to yeah i mean I'd, I'd be great to play with freddie i mean kind yeah. of grew up around freddie and junior golf and all that and i haven't played it in a long time but be cool i'd, I'd like to say i'd rather play with freddie on sunday but uh yeah yeah, yeah. That, that would be fun all right well we're gonna find a website where we can bet on it <laughs> And we're putting yeah. all our money on you. <laughs> all right. And then when you're leading, we're going to walk around on that final day with a sign. You better go for it. <laughs> oh, we know people, Brian. We know people. That's right. Jim knows Maybe, people. What do you think about coming up with some video golf tips for Brian? Like you and I could maybe come up with something. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, all, sure, the help that he's, all the help that he's given us on Twitter, maybe we could return the favor just before yes. he tees off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we can. We can um, we can follow you and just be your entourage. I mean, whatever you need from from us uh, that day, just let us know. All right. More support, the better. Yeah, there you go. The uh, some of your tips this week, and again, if you're not following Brian on Twitter and Instagram, you got to do it. It's if you're a golf nut, uh, it's the best. At Mog Academy, he does these sixty second clips multiple times a week, and they're so easy, perfect, and you can learn so much from them. Uh, let's go with the tension in the arms. It's a good one because I do this and I learned it by watching uh, Jason Duffner because uh, Duffner, which got it from Hogan because Hogan was famous for doing the the waggle. But um, I love Jason Duffner. He's one of my favorite golfers. But the the removing the tensions from your the tension from your arms with the waggle. Why is that so important for the amateur? I'll give you a funny Duffner story. So probably early two thousands up to I don't know two thousand five or six. I had a lot of golfers on tour in that same category I just mentioned about myself is the tee times the first two rounds. You, you kind of have the veterans go off first, the stars go off second, and the, the rookies, the younger nobodies go off third. And my guys were younger nobodies getting trying to get out on tour while they would get paired with Duffner. And I don't know how many times Duffner's in the group and you've got to sit there and watch him make nine waggles. He's a nobody. It was so irritating because you wanted to watch someone that was a bigger name or you don't want to have to sit here and watch him take nine waggles while he, before he hit a golf shot. Well, now I love watching Duffner. I love the freedom. I love the flow he's got and admire kind of he's done that his whole career. So 
Duffner, you know, you go back to a long time ago, Raymond Floyd used to make little circles over the ball. And the, and the point is, it's a tension reducer. I mean, it's much like, imagine giving LeBron a free throw, giving the ball to shoot a free throw and say, all right, you can't bounce it at all. You just have to shoot it. I mean, he would look right. disjointed and not flow. I mean, what if Wimbledon, if you couldn't bounce the ball a few times before you serve it? It's a way you find your rhythm. So when I see a golfer stand over the ball and the club head is not moving, immediately know that 14 swing thoughts are going on. So when you move the club head, the big thing that movement does is it quiets your mind. You can't really be thinking extra hard on swing thoughts and move the club head at the same time. So it's kind of a tip off to kind of know where a golfer's mindset's at. Okay. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Um, the other big one that, that I'm, I'm a proponent of, but I, I want to know if it extends also uh, to woods and the driver, but um, uh, dealing with an iron shot and how much uh, hands are forward, you know, leaning the, the shaft forward for crisper iron shots. The um, for, for some people who don't do that, uh, wh why is that beneficial? Well, you just see so many golfers that have casting or early releasing in their golf swing. And, you know, to have a driver with nine or 10 degrees of loft, that doesn't always kill you. You might lose a few yards, but it doesn't kill you. But you start putting an eight iron down there and you start early releasing your irons. The ball bloops up in the air, thins it, maybe fats it. The ball goes nowhere. So the tip basically is make sure when you set up, the grip should be off your front thigh, almost kind of the crease on your pants on that front leg. And at least that gives you a better chance to come down with the hands in front, creating a little more descending angle, hitting a little more down and through it. So you don't have to create it in your swing. It's already there in your setup. A little excessive for a wood, but for iron, it's a really good, that's a really good tip to remind everybody about. Could, could you do, is it okay to do it with a driver? Depends on your pattern. I mean, if you were a guy that has a lot of cast and maybe hits it too high and kind of spins it up in the air, sure, it's a great tip. If yeah. you know, if you're a low ball hitter and kind of struggle to get up in the air, I wouldn't be doing it. Okay. Uh, Jim, any last comments uh, from the yes. side of I-90 in Windy Vantage before <laughs> you drive for Tri-Cities? Well, of course, I can hear the trucks. <laughs> Was it worth having me today, Rock? <laughs> it is always worth having you. I don't know about that. All the time. Yeah. I got a quick one since you just mentioned the driver and you mentioned Curtis Crabtree earlier in the podcast. Yeah. Brian, I've never seen anyone Curtis, as Curtis hit the driver off the bat. Huck, you see yeah. that. It's unbelievable. And, and, you know, most of us, when we try and do that, it's like, oh man, this is stupid. We shouldn't do it. If we're going to hit anything, hit a three wood. But Curtis is so successful at it and he just consistently, you know, hits a 240 right down the middle with it. Uh, what, what are some of the keys if somebody wants to be stupid? I mean, Curtis said to be stupid, but it would be for me if we're going to pull the driver out right one off the bat. Well, 20, 30 years ago with fairway, with wood, wood woods, it was actually a pretty good play. You don't see it happen very much today just because it's the metal heads are, you know, 460 cc. So you don't see it very much, but I'll do it a few times with a, with, as a drill just to get guys to stop dropping their back shoulder, dropping their head too much. It's a good drill to stay up and tall. And if you are going to do it, it's not a bad play. Northwest, you see, sometimes you get like trees overhanging. You got to kind of hit a punch out, trying to hit like a sweepy driver is not a bad way to do it. But whole thing is you're trying to make the driver like a broom. You want to sweep it or brush it. So if, you've got, if anybody out there is listening and wants to try a fairway driver, don't hit down on it. Big time sweep it. That's a good visual picture for how to hit that club if you want to try that shot. It's funny. He, um, I told this to him. I, I played with him a few days ago 
he's actually better off the deck with a driver than when he tees it up, which is just, I mean, it's, I, I told him like, you should never tee it up. Like you're better with when you don't tee it up. So uh, it, it's kind of crazy to watch and he pulls it off a lot. And, but we were playing when it was windy. So that's why he was hitting a lot of it uh, when it was windy and he was doing it off, you know, off the box, you know, it wasn't like he was in the fairway. He was doing off the tee box and it's unorthodox and it's kind of crazy to watch, but he's, but he's very good at it. All right, Jim, uh, good luck to the kids in the baseball tournament. Uh, go get them safe drive there on I-90. Uh, Brian, is always a pleasure. Follow Brian there on Twitter and Instagram at Mog Academy. Visit the website uh, at uh, mogacademy.com. And uh, we'll talk more about the Champions Tour that's coming up, the Boeing Classic. Uh, wh when is it again, Brian? August 16 to 22 that week. Okay, perfect. So we'll uh, we'll get them in shape. We're going to find a betting site. We're going to put down some money on them. Maybe we'll crowdsource, maybe do a GoFundMe page. We'll all chip in our money and put it on and put it on Brian to win. Uh, the Boeing Classic, which would be pretty cool. All right, so for Jim Moore, the go-to guy, follow him on Twitter, at CougsGo. Uh, for Brian Mogg, again, on Twitter and Instagram, check out all the videos at Mogg Academy. I'm Jason Puckett. Follow me on Twitter, Jason Puckett 20 You can uh, watch Improve Your Eye Golf Show at sportsradiokjr.com. You can subscribe it on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you find your podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good one. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.